0: This week on the Small Church Media Podcast, we are talking about your sermon series graphics and more importantly, what are the seven rules that we need to follow to make sure that we have both A, well-designed graphics, but B, also effective graphics. And at the very end, I'll even give you some free tips and tricks about what you could do to make sure that you get the most out of those sermon graphics. You ready to talk about it? Let's go! This is the Small Church Media Podcast with Mark Hyde. Well, welcome back friends to the Small Church Media Podcast. It has been a whole lot of fun here over the last few months because in the last few months, our podcast has actually been growing super, super well. So if you have been joining us here since the beginning of the show way back in, oh goodness, what was that? August of 2021, I think of what it was. You know, thank you for hanging out with me for literally the last, what is that? Like the last nine months, 10 months, something like that. You know, if I could count, that would be, be a lot helpful. But if you are new to the podcast, I just want to say a personal welcome to to the show. We have a whole lot of fun over here talking about ways that we can use media well to both engage with our church congregation and also to reach new people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you found us through any of the podcast listening applications such as, you know, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it would mean the world if you left a rating and review over there. But I also want to let you know that we have a free media resource library that we are slowly building over at smallchurch.media, which is the website that powers this whole show. Over there, there are some free social media graphic packages. There's also some, speaking of what we're talking about today, sermon series packages. And also, my favorite resource to date is the small church website downloadable PDF audit, where you can literally take your church's website through four different tests. And if you can pass all four of those tests, you know that no matter what, you know— Honestly, a website can always be designed a little bit better. It could always have some more bells. It could always have some more whistles. But if your website is at least doing its job and showing up the way it's supposed to, you know that when potential visitors to your church land on your website, you are not turning them away simply because you are having a bad first impression online for them. And in today's digital culture, that is not okay to have. So head over to smallchurch.media right now, go to the free resources library tab, click that little sucker, and you can download that audit for completely free. All it costs you is literally your email address. But today, we're not here to talk about that free downloadable PDF audit. We're here today to talk about the seven rules of a sermon series graphic for, let's be honest, whatever sermon series you have coming down the pike. And now, generally, you know, I would say this is generally maybe most churches have some sort of a visual graphic for their sermon or your sermon series. And maybe you're one of those churches where, you know, you don't necessarily have one. You literally just say, hey, here's what series we're doing. Let's let's talk about it. Let's teach about it. But generally, a lot of churches nowadays have some Sort of projector in their their church, and from that they are putting up the like a title graphic or some sort of a visual way to show the notes to the people. And when you do that, most times, even without realizing it, pastors are actually creating visual sermon series graphic representations of what they are actually teaching about. So I honestly think that most churches actually do, in a way, have sort some sort of you know sermon series graphic that they are using, and maybe it's intentional. Maybe maybe it's not, but for those of us who actually have intentional sermon series graphics, it is a great way for us to visually present and let people know what we're going to talk about before we even do it, and it helps us categorize what sermon series that we are doing. And some of you, maybe like what Archers does, we use that sermon series graphic on our church bulletin, on our website, on social media, and on the screen, and that's why it is so important for us to learn about how we can actually build better sermon series graphics, because sadly, this is where I see most churches instantly lose credibility when someone walks into their church because many times you as a pastor are having to quickly slap together a PowerPoint or some sort of imagery to present your sermon or you have to have your secretary do it and let's be honest, there are so many better ways to use your time than spending up to five, six, seven hours which is what honestly a lot of these bigger churches spend their time on is creating the sermon series graphics. You have so many other things that you need to be Spending your time on. So, most of the time, you either just go with your default look and your default vibe, or you just end up slapping some stuff on the screen and just hope that it works. And this is, you know, this is where it's kind of hard. You know, I've been wanting to do this specific podcast for a very long time, but where it's hard to talk about visual things is on an audio podcast. So, today we're going to focus less on me actually going into the nitty gritty and more kind of having a um, not even a 40,000 foot view. I would Say more of like a hundred foot view of just seven basic rules that we need to have while we're creating sermon series graphics, and now these rules. It, again, it's so hard because how I view one of these rules where I'm going to talk about white space in a little bit, you might have a different opinion on that. So I know it's going to be really hard for here, us here in an audio podcast format format to talk about a visual design piece. However, these are seven basic rules that designers from all across all different sorts of walks and types of design actually use when they're creating their own graphics. So I figured it'd be good for us, for us You know, to talk about these seven rules. Maybe you can learn from them. Maybe it can help teach you some different ways about how you can design better graphics. We're gonna talk about some tips at the end. And then at the very end of the podcast, I'm gonna tell you about a special resource that I'm working on specifically for you guys right now. So let's jump into the seven rules of sermon series graphics. Number one is do not jack another church's sermon series directly from Google. You got it? If you're Googling, which is honestly, this is the first step I do. If we're doing a sermon series called uh, The Battleground, or something like that we're talking about, or our Spiritual Warfare, how about that one? We're, we're going to do a sermon series on Spiritual Warfare. So we hit the Google, we type in Spiritual Warfare Sermon Series Graphics, and we, found, we find one that looks super cool. It looks super dope. So what do we often do? We right-click it. We click save, and then we use it for our own church. Now, I want to make sure that we do not do this because this is rule one. Do not jack a sermon series from Google. You know why? That's called stealing, (laughs) which literally goes against not just Google copyright standards, not just design copyright standards, but it goes against what we stand for as even Christians. Like, you know, you ever heard of like, I think, what is it? The eighth commandment, if, if that's right, for actually stealing or is it the seventh commandment? Eighth Commandment? I feel like it's the Eighth Commandment. I don't remember. It's been a little bit. But, but but either way, we as Christians say stealing is wrong. So it's taking someone else's artwork and using it for yourself is also wrong. So the first rule is do not jack another sermon series from... Google. Now you might be having this question, okay, Mark, so let's say I see a sermon series graphic that I like on the Google. Can I copy that using my own programs and have something similar or just like it to use in our church? And the answer is yes. You can actually take someone else's design, use that as an inspiration, and make something just like that. In the design world, we call that stealing like an artist. In other words, nothing under the sun is new. There is literally nothing new. It's always building upon something else. And in fact, when you look at most sermon series graphics, they're generally find inspiration from other art or art pieces or other sermon series graphics that these designers have found. They put their own little spin into it. They put their own little vibe into it and kick out something that looks brand new. So if you find a sermon series graphic that you like online, don't jack it, but yes, you can use that as inspiration for yourself. So number one is don't jack another series off of Google, and number two, the second rule goes right along with that, and that is do not take any images from Google in general. So let's say, as you're trying, especially your primary image. So let's say you're trying to find an image for spiritual warfare. All right, you, you click it in, you find like a coat of armor, like a, like literally a coat of arms or something like that. And you're like, oh, that'd be a dope, like dope image for us to use. So again, you right click it, you click save, you put it in a PowerPoint, and you put some text on top of it. You know, clap your hands because you are ready to go and preach. The problem with this is generally when people do this. The quality is awful and the quality is pathetic. Like there was one time I was sitting in a, in a sermon. Uh, well, I mean, obviously I was sitting in a sermon. I was sitting in church and we had a guest speaker come in and he was, uh, he was preaching for the, for the day, for the service. And it was an awesome sermon. I really enjoyed it. But the problem with his PowerPoint is I was sitting next to a buddy of mine and we would literally giggle every time a new slide would go onto the screen because you could tell he literally copied and pasted these suckers from Google. The quality was super low. Some of them had the watermark still on the image and it was just an absolute train wreck. And most people in today's culture understand of that is not, a like, that's not okay. You actually stole those images. So I don't want you to lose your credibility, but the biggest thing is not just the fact that it's an awful quality, but again, you're also taking in and stealing someone else's photo that they should be getting paid for and using it for yourself. So if you are looking for specific images to use for your sermon series, you should go to different places that actually let you download images for completely free. My three favorite websites to do that are Unsplash. So it's just literally Unsplash.com. My second favorite one is called Pexels, P-E-X-E-L-S, Pexels.com. And the third one is Pixabay, P-I-X-A-B-A-Y.com. Those three places are tremendous places to get your primary images for your sermon series for completely free. You don't have to pay for them at all. Now, you might be thinking, okay, Mark, so what happens, though, if I want to show an image from history or I want to show a map or something similar like that? How do I get images from that? Because I am not going to find those on Pexels or Unsplash. And that's a good question. I don't know if you know this or not, but any image that you find on Wikipedia is actually public use domain. So if you're trying to find an image of a map or something like that to put up on your screen, that's the easiest place to find it is from Wikipedia. You can also use different type of search parameters inside of Google where you could actually take your, like like look for your image, go to the settings and where it talks about labeled for reuse, you could actually make that say you know, labeled for reuse or for commercial use or something like that. And then Google will only show you images that you can use however you want to use them. But when you are looking for images or sermon series, the first two rules go completely together. And that's simply do not jack from the Google. You got it? Do not jack from the Google. Let's move on. The third rule of making sure your sermon series graphics are good to go is never, ever, 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 ever use clip art. You remember what clip art is? Clip art came alongside with Microsoft PowerPoint and Microsoft Word of like these free little images that you can slap in your presentations. And I remember the most popular clip arts that, that I literally used in junior high school was like that little black stick figure dude that had a really long body, and he was actually like 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 not actually he was often looking up into the sky, and he was like scratching his his head, and a little speech bubble appeared before his head. "You know, talking about clip art? Do not use clip art ever. Why?" because it instantly dates you and makes you look older than dirt to a younger generation. And if you need to use something similar to clip art, use something of what we call in the design world as icons. And an icon is an image or a shape that is generally like one color. We call those flat designs. And they're used on design pieces, specifically websites, but also in graphics and um, not even just graphics, but like screen-based or print-based graphics. And they add a little bit of a flavor to the design. And if you want to see what icons look Look like, go to these two different websites. One is flaticon.com. The other one is called nounproject.com. Or you can literally just Google free icons for download or something like that. But flaticons.com, it's where I get most of my icons from. And you can just download for those for completely free and use them based on their parameters of how you want to do it. But at the end of the day, never ever ever use clip art. Instead of using clip art, do these two things. Literally use nothing or use an image to back up your point. But just do not use clip art. You ask anyone under the age of like 35 or 40, hey, should I use clip art? And they tell you yes, they're lying. Don't use clip art. (laughs) So rule number one is don't jack series from Google. Number two is don't get your primary images from Google. And number three is never use clip bar. Rule number four, this is where we get into the design aspect of the actual sermon series graphic. And that is make your text smaller than what you think it should be and use boring fonts. You got it? Make your text smaller than what you think it needs to be and also use boring fonts fonts. And you can kind of lean into this conversation a little bit, but actually use what's called white space to let your text breathe on your design. Let's talk about boring fonts first. So many times when I see a lot of sermon graphics, you see some ridiculous fonts. We're talking comic stands. We're talking papyrus. We're talking these fonts that are squiggly or like uh, scripty or have these weird little emblems and icons on the side of them. Literally, well, I should say this: you can use fun, creative, you know, cutesy, curved fonts and use them well if they're using the right context. But generally, when you're creating a sermon series graphic, just lean into what's called a sans serif font. We're talking your aerials, we're talking your Helveticas, we're talking your, which my favorite is at, uh Church Motion Graphics. If you actually Google Church Motion Graphics font, they have a free font download that I use all the time, including in logo designs, which is a whole lot of fun. But if you just lean into super, super boring fonts on your designs, your designs will instantly go through the roof. And And when I'm talking about also you using boring fonts, don't mix your fonts if you don't have to. Use weight balances instead. So like for Helvetica, for example, you could have as your headline not even bold but heavy or black, Helvetica black, and make that a super strong font. And then your sub-headline be like like Helvetica just normal. Use font weights to differentiate with the eyes about the different designs rather than have a whole bunch of different fonts. But also – make your text smaller in general. Many times we like to fill in literally any real estate that we have. We wanna make sure that the text is big, bad and bold and in front of people and we don't wanna waste real estate space. But in reality, white space is actually something that can help your design look more professional. It can make your design actually easier to read on the screen and fun fact, with stats, it actually helps increase people's retention rates. So when you're creating a graphic and use a title on that graphic, please don't use every square inch of the screen. (laughs) Just, just please don't let your text, what we call breathe, let your text breathe on the screen. Rule number five, let's keep moving. Rule number five to sermon series graphics is clear is better than clever. Now, sometimes we like to be really silly with our graphics and our titles and design, but let's not. Rather than make people think about, okay, what actually is going on with this picture, and and now all of a sudden your graphic is a distraction, rather than be cute, just be clear. Now, I think it's actually a lot of fun, though, to use clever titles for your sermon series. However, if you're going to use a clever sermon title, make sure you use some sort of subtitle to actually be clear and tell people what it's about. So here's some sermon series titles that our church has done in the past that were a little bit clever, and we added a a subtitle to the series graphics so that way people knew what we were talking about. (laughs) <laughs> one sermon series was called Shift. And the idea was literally how to shift your mindset to have a better life. So what we did for that graphic is we had a, like a picture of like looking down a road towards a mountain. I took a triangle Added that image into that triangle again and then flipped that upside down. So you were actually like shifting your perspective inside of that graphic. And then the text had a little bit of a weird, like cut in half and and kind of angled a little bit weird in some areas. But the idea is the fact of shift your perspective and it was really clean and the graphic and the text made sense. And it was clear of what we we're trying to communicate. And then we added that tagline and it was just absolutely perfect. This one is actually over in the free media or the free resource library. It's called Legacy. How to leave a legacy worth following another sermon series was called discipleship 101 the essentials to the christian life and my favorite now i was super clever for the sermon series title so clever that i did not create it myself I, I got to give credit to where credit is because it's not right to steal. Pastor Judah Smith from up in, uh, I think he's over in Seattle. Is he still in Seattle? He might be in Portland um, with Church Home up there. But he had a sermon series called Fluffy Clouds and Chubby Babies. And I convinced our pastor to roll with it. And it was so awesome. But we called it Fluffy Clouds and Chubby Babies, a series on what heaven will actually be like. Because people think that heaven is just a bunch of naked babies playing some harps and some, you know, some clouds floating around. And that's not what heaven or let's be honest, not even just heaven, but what the new kingdom is going to be all about. So when you're making your sermon series title and the graphic that goes along with it, make sure that if you're going to be clever, fight for clarity to make sure that people clearly know what you are talking about. But let's move on. So those are the first five rules so far. Rule number six, as we continue, is this is more about the actual style of the design itself, that no matter what style you're using, Fight for contrast. All right. Rule number six is fight for contrast. Or simply put, use contrast at all times. And this is where I see a lot of pastors and a lot of churches fail is using contrast in your designs. So generally what happens is the image is a very busy graphic. Like if we're thinking about uh thing of Proverbs with the anthill, right? We find a picture of an ant you know getting some food, doing his work, awesome. We take some text and we put on top of it, we publish it. But the problem with it. And so many times, the image actually distracts from what the words are, and there's, the picture is so busy, the colors are so busy, that we can't actually see what the text is all about. So when you're trying to fight for contrast for building out your sermon series graphic, the easiest way to add contrast is to take your main image and put it in the background, all right? After that, make your image black and white. Then put a color background on top of that black and white image and bring that opacity down to like 85% where the color is still bright and it's showing off the screen, but you can still kind of see the background coming through the color. And then after that, take whatever sermon title you got, make it a big block font and actually say what your sermon title is and right below it, put what your subtitle is. If you go to the free resource library, I have a sermon series called uh, Jesus Unmasked is, is the sermon series that we did for our student ministry. And you can see there that we used a lot of different images, but this is the actual rules that I did for that servant series where I made all the images black and white, put a color background on top of it, and then put my text on top of that background. You know, There's a lot of other text that you can do to help make that text stand off of the background. Inside of Canva you can do, um, it's. I used to call them drop shadows that just were like like a blurry drop shadow or a blurry outer glow. You can add that type of effect to a text as well to give a little separation between the title and the background. Or another way you could do is do a split screen where half of the screen is the picture and the other half is a white background with the text on top of it. Or maybe you go more of a landscape ways where the top Two-thirds of the screen is the graphic, and below that is the white background with the text on top of it. No matter what you do, contrast is your best friend because your job is to make the text stand off of the background so that way people can actually see it, it looks a little cleaner, and people are actually able to read and not be distracted by the amount of color that's going on on the screen. You got it? All right, let's review real quick. So number one is don't jack other sermon series from Google. Just just don't do it. Number two is don't get your primary images from Google either. Use like websites like Unsplash or Pixabay or Pexels to get your images for completely free. Number three is do not use clip art ever, even if you think it's fun or it's cute or, hey, I like it, though. You might like it, but nobody else younger than you likes it, so just don't do it. Number four is make your text smaller and use boring fonts. Lean into the white space. Let your text breathe. Number five is clear is better than clever. Make sure it actually makes sense. Number six is use contrast at all times. And number seven, which is the last rule that we're going to talk about today, is design where your church and where – let me rephrase this. Design where you want your church to be not where it currently is. Because if your graphics are old, the young people will recognize that. Now, sure, there are some millennials and some Gen Zs that honestly don't really care about the sermon graphics. They just want to make sure that the sermon that you're teaching actually is biblical and sound and it applies to their everyday life. However, we are living in a visual culture right now where Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook rule the day. Our generations, the upcoming generations are all about visual design. And if you have a sermon graphic that looks old, field old, it just doesn't have a good sense of design style to it, you may actually lose credibility, specifically with someone who maybe steps into your church for the first time. So what should you do? You know, you don't necessarily need to be have the most be have. I just combined those. You don't necessarily need to have the most cutting edge graphics ever. You don't need to have the most designed trendy styles ever because not everyone even likes all the trends that are going on right now. But if your sermon graphics are set up in such a way where it's not distracting, but it looks like it was tastefully done, you can actually help your church change cultures and shift the vibe of the church a little bit simply by how you design your sermon Graphics. And if you're not sure where, like how your sermon graphics should look, I encourage you to join the Facebook groups that we talked about a couple episodes ago. Join the church communications Facebook group. Join the church visual media Facebook group. Join these other Facebook groups where they, okay, Canva for church is another one, where you can see what other churches are actually creating and see how maybe you can replicate that for your own church. Now, before I let you go, though, I want to give you a couple more tips, all right? So we talked about the seven rules, and we talked about how you can, you know, actually follow those rules. But I I thought about making this a different episode, but you know what? I'm just going to go through these tips about just how to get the most out of your church sermon series graphics, all right? So here's just a handful of tips. Number one is when you're creating your sermon series – intentionally make the series long. Figure out how you can use a sermon series graphic more than just two or three times. If you can have a sermon series literally last 20 weeks, you can spend more time or maybe even pay somebody to create that graphic for you. And it just lasts for a super, super, super long time. Another idea and tip that you can have is literally just create one template and use that exact template for a while and just swap out the graphics, colors, and text. To be honest, this is what something our church did. Um, whenever a guest speaker, including an associate pastor or a visiting pastor or you know a representative from some you know agency that we wanted to come in, I had one template that I used and I just switched it out every year so i had one default template that our secretary could actually change out and it was just default and when that came on the screen that was also a visual represent, representation to our congregation of oh we have a guest speaker in the house so literally just have one template maybe two or three and just double down and lean into those templates because it's better to just look good but look consistent than to be all over the place and not really sure what you're doing another one tip is literally just keep it simple if you try to go too complicated and try to do all these different designs and patterns and gradients and, and textures and overlays, you can waste a whole lot of time. Literally, just keep it simple. Have an image, black and white, put a color over it, and then just add your text on top of it and go. Another one you can do, which I actually recommend, is actually pay for Canva Pro and use the template. Uh, the, they, they call them presentation templates that are already set to be like presentations. You can just use those templates. Add a new image, add your text, and just go for it. Another tip you can do is prepare your sermon series graphics week ahead and ask your kids or maybe some other teens in your church what their thoughts are on that, or just ask them if they would like to design your sermon series graphics. The best thing that I ever had offered to me as a teenager was the opportunity to learn and potentially use my talents and my gifts in the church. There might be a teen in your church or a young adult in your church that kind of likes to do, to do graphics, just give them the opportunity and give them the tools and resources to do that. And the last tip I have for you is to subscribe to a service that gives you plenty of slide options, such as maybe Shift Worship, which is what our church uses currently, or Church Motion Graphics, where you pay X amount of dollars per month, where you have access to their entire sermon series library uh, for the graphics. Um, some of these places, like including Worship Tools with Presenter, remember Adam Mayer? Uh, I said Adam Mayer, like it was John Mayer, <laughs> Adam Meyer. They have these graphics where you can literally take out the text that they have and put your own text into it. Sometimes it's worth literally paying the 20, 30 bucks a month, even if it's out of your own pocket, to literally speed up your workflow by hours. So if you are not already subscribed to one of those, I would encourage you to do that. But at the end of the day, if you're going to make sermon series graphics, you need to make sure that you follow these seven rules that we just talked about here in this episode. That way, you can be sure that your audience is able to visually connect with your sermon series and to come alongside you and help you with that. It's not ready to go yet. I'm just letting you know. But I am working on a free mini series to teach you how to use Canva Free to create A handful of different Sermon Series graphics that all you would have to do is if you have these three templates ready to go, and I teach you how to do it all for completely free. All you need to do is swap out the different graphics, and right there you could have three different looks, rotate those three different looks, but people would not even pay attention too much to know, oh, that they used that exact same template a couple weeks ago. It's totally fine. People don't think about it. It's more the fact of if you're distracting people with bad graphics. They recognize that. If you're using the same design, as long as it looks good, people really don't care. But I'm working on a new mini course right now to teach you how to use Canva free to develop sermon series graphics. And the only, I just not say the only, but the first people to be notified about when that course is ready to go and that the course is ready to drop are the people that are subscribed to our newsletter. So head over to smallchurch.media right now. And the easiest way to sign up for our newsletter is to, there's a little pop-up that pops up at the bottom of your screen. You just put in your name and your email address for just a free courtesy. I directly email you that that, uh, small church website PDF audit. You get that in your email, and you're also signed up for the email notification list of when this mini-series is going to drop. Or if you purchase any resource at all inside of our resource library, that also adds you onto our email chain as well. Just so you're notified about when new resources are put into the library, maybe I come across like what I did recently for Mother's Day, there was a free Mother's Day video that you could download and use in your church worship service that was just high quality. I emailed that out to you guys just like, hey, here's a free resource. I didn't make it, but it would be helpful to you. I would encourage you to go over to smallchurch.media and get on that email newsletter chain so that way when that mini course drops, you will be ready to be taught how to use Canva for completely free without paying for the premium version and learn how to make good church sermon graphics. Well, guys, just like always, it was awesome, and it was a pleasure to hang out with you again this week on the Small Church Media Podcast. I said this at the beginning, but if you listen over on Apple Podcasts, it would literally mean the world to me if you left me a rating and review, or if you're on Spotify, leave a rating over there, and if you do that on either one of those platforms, feel free to reach out to me and let me know that you did that, and then I'll send you a free coffee gift card in the mail direct to your address, so that way I can just say thank you for doing that and helping other small church just find this podcast. And if this podcast was an encouragement to you or you learned something new that you're like, hey, maybe this other pastor or this other church, or maybe, hey, maybe our whole association needs to know what's going on with this podcast. It would be awesome if you send this podcast, this literally send this podcast their way so we can continue to grow the podcast, continue to help other churches use media well to reach new people for Jesus, but also and encourage and engage their own congregation and hey, just not look bad online. Sound good? Awesome. Well, we'll see you guys next week for another episode of the Small Church Media Podcast. The Small Church Media Podcast is a part of Mark Hyde Creative.